This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today we're talking about avoiding investing extremes. You know, there's a lot of different extreme investing ideas that are out there, and Most of them, in my opinion, don't make sense when it comes to the overall long-term investment alignment and diversification of your portfolio. So what do I mean when I'm talking about investing extremes? Investing extremes are going to be portfolios that are built around extreme ideology or extreme ways of thinking. So I'm going to give you some examples of what you might be hearing if you are hearing investment extreme ideas. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about how you really should be thinking about aligning your portfolio for the highest potential level of long-term success. Okay, you may be hearing somebody talk about an investing extreme point of view if they're talking about things like this. My way is the only way to invest. This is the single most best way to invest. This is the perfect way for you to set up your portfolio going forward. Anytime people are making those kind of statements, you're really involved in something that's some level of investment extreme. Because let me tell you, there's no one perfect way to invest money. If there was, we'd all be doing it and that's all we would be doing. But that just doesn't simply exist. (laughs) So that's an investment extreme that you want to try to avoid. Another one is, I hold the secret to the market. If you just know this one simple secret, you're going to be able to blah, 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 make a lot of money, get rich, quick, whatever it is. There is no one simple secret to investing. There are a lot of different things that go into investing. And there's no one secret that if you just paid somebody to know this or paid for somebody's newsletter to recommend this one miracle stock that you would get everything you wanted out of your investment portfolio. So that's an example of extreme investment that you want to avoid. Another type of that is when somebody is all or nothing thinking. So examples of all or nothing extreme thinking is going to be things like this. Um, You should put all of your money into just these kind of funds. You should put all of your money into this sector, this this particular investment. You should, so this is an example of that. You should put all your money in gold. You should put all your money in real estate. You should put all your money in index funds. You should put all your money in this one stock. Anytime you're hearing the whole, you should put all your money somewhere, that's an example of an extreme investing idea. And that is something that you definitely want to avoid for the best potential long-term success of your portfolio. Another big investment extreme, and this is something that we're hearing a lot of chatter about right now, is people talking about being able to time the market. So that extreme investing standpoint would look like this. This is going to happen, so do this with your money now. So it could be something like the market's going to crash, so take all your money out of the stock market now. Or it could be something like the market's going to move forward, so put all of your money into stocks now. You know what? No one can predict the future of the market. That's the bottom line. No one can predict the future of the market. (laughs) 
<laughs> and because of that, because you can't predict the future of the market, then market timing is simply not something that works. In fact, I have seen so many studies that say if you miss just the best day or two out of a, a very long period, multiple year period, you can miss most of the up market or you can, you know, have have caught most of the down market. So investing with market timing absolutely isn't something that works. So when you hear people saying things like, if so-and-so wins the election, the market is definitely going to do this or definitely going to do that. Or if we have this happen in the political landscape or geopolitical landscape or in the world anywhere, the market's going to do this. We don't know what the market's going to do, but we do know that it's not timing the market that works. It's time in the market that has consistently worked historically. If you go back through any period of the market, going all the way back to early 1900s, what you'll see is people who stay invested eventually make back up their losses. People who do not stay invested lock in their losses. Now, will history always repeat itself? I don't know, probably not. But what we can say is this, it's time in the market that matters, not timing the market that matters. So you definitely want to avoid that extreme. Now, one of the things that um, that people are, are asking us, especially right now, is, well, do I have my portfolio lined up right? And let me give you an example of a portfolio that probably has some issues with being invested to the extremes. So in your portfolio, if you own anything with stock exposure to it and that you have exposure to less than 20 stocks, you probably have an extreme portfolio. And that would be something that I would recommend that you take a look at further diversifying. A very, very small, tight group of individual stocks representing the stock portion of a portfolio creates undue risk for because those 20 companies or less are going to be something that their fluctuation is going to impact your portfolio to such a high degree that you have an undue level of risk. Another extreme portfolio measure is to see if any one individual stock in your portfolio is actually making up more than 5% of your total overall portfolio. So if you had, for example, a uh, million dollar portfolio and one individual single stock was making up more than $50,000 of it, that would be an example of an extreme portfolio. Now your, the, the future of your portfolio has so much risk connected with that one particular holding. Now, where do I see that happen the most often? I see that happen the most often with company stock. So if your particular company that you work for offers stock in that company, a lot of people will have a heavy concentration of that stock in their 401k or inside of an ESOP plan, or maybe in stock options that they have. But when that particular stock exceeds 5% of your total portfolio, you have now crossed the line into what I would consider an extreme investing arena. Another 
extreme investing arena would be if you had less than three asset classes represented in your total portfolio. Now, an asset class is something that is a segment of the market. So asset classes are things like large companies, mid companies, small companies, international. And then those asset classes can be broken down even further into things like large company growth, large company value, and large company blend. Now, all of the different asset classes are invested in different sized companies and in different areas of the evolution of their company. A company that's a growth company is in a very different financial position than a company that's a value company. Let me give you an example of that. A growth company is a company where they have things working well for them and they anticipate being able to grow. They have something happening in their company where they're expecting their stock price to actually grow. A value company, conversely, sometimes has fallen on hard times. Sometimes their price is undervalued based on where it should be because of some type of an event that has caused it to be maybe temporarily undervalued. So you can buy it for a lower value and hold it to get it back up to the correct value. But these are two very different economic positions that companies are in. So growth funds are usually made up of completely different stocks or bonds than value funds are. They're not usually invested in the same companies. But here's the thing. Most portfolios are going to be made up of anywhere between 10 to 15 asset classes. So looking at the different asset classes that are out there between stocks and bonds and international and domestic, meaning inside the United States and things like that, most good portfolios are going to be asset or asset allocated, being diversified across 10 to 15 different asset classes. So if you look at your portfolio and you see that you only have three asset classes represented, then that would be an indication that your portfolio is really set up in one of these extreme portfolios and is carrying more risk than what it really should be in. Okay, another example of a extreme portfolio would be if you're hearing advice about investing significant portions of your money into non-traditional assets. So non-traditional assets might be something like fine art or precious metals or gold bars or even land. Non-traditional investments can absolutely be a good piece of somebody's portfolio. But if your non-traditional assets all of a sudden represent 90 or 95% of your portfolio, you have now swung to an extreme portfolio full of non-traditional assets and you're not adequately diversifying across all asset types. So that, those are examples of extreme investment thinking that you want to avoid. Congratulations to Mary Stirk for being named three years in a row to the 2020 Forbes list for Best in State Wealth Advisors and Top Women Wealth Advisors.
Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today we're talking about avoiding investing extremes. So I spent the first half of our show today talking about different examples of investment extremes. Things like having too few number of stocks if you have stock exposure in your portfolio. Talking about how you might have too few number of asset classes, so everything's concentrated in a certain asset class. Talking about having too much of your portfolio in non-traditional investments. Talking about having all or nothing thinking like got to be all in, got to be all out and talking about avoiding the whole secret strategies, one simple thing to, to get rich quick type of thinking that are considered investing extremes that really don't do your portfolios any favors. So let's talk a little bit about how you might want to think about setting up your portfolio so that you are avoiding these investing extremes. So here's the thing. If you take nothing away from this show today other than this, here's what I want you to hear. The best way to set up your portfolio is that to align it with the long-term goals, the hopes and dreams that you have with your life, to have your money set up in a way to support the life you want to lead because your portfolio is gonna be different from your neighbor's portfolio and your brother's portfolio or your parents' portfolio. And that's because your life is different than theirs. Your money is a tool. Your money is a tool to help you live the life that you want to lead. And that's what we want to align it with. Now, some of your money you're gonna use sooner rather than later, but some of your money you're likely to not use for quite a bit of time. And so what we want to do is not only align the money that you have with the life you wanna lead, we wanna align it with something called your time horizon. And the time horizon just simply means, when do you think you're gonna spend this money? Now, everybody is different, so everybody's plan should be a bit custom designed for them. But there are some rules of thumb that I can share with you that will help you when you're actually setting about to align your investment strategy. Okay, so first of all, understanding how you feel about risk is the critical part of having a good investment portfolio. How you feel about risk is going to drive you towards an understanding of whether or not your money should be invested in different asset classes and what percentage of your money should be invested in those asset classes. For example, somebody who's conservative is not gonna have as much money invested in stocks as somebody who's aggressive. That all goes all the way down to those asset classes that I talked about. Somebody who's conservative isn't going to have as big of a percentage invested in large company growth holdings than somebody who's aggressive. They're much more likely to have a bigger percentage of their money exposed to that. <coughs> Excuse me. So here's the thing is that you do have to spend some time as a foundational piece of investment management. You do have to spend some time figuring out what is your comfort level with risk? What is your risk tolerance level? How much risk can you tolerate before you start to lose sleep at night? <laughs> and what I would also submit for you to think about is this the money that you're going to use sooner probably has a different risk tolerance level than the money that you're gonna use later. The money that you're gonna use sooner probably should be a bit more conservative than the money that you are gonna use later. So that's something to think about. 
it used to be that a lot of investment professionals would talk about risk tolerance level as one thing, right? One thing, if you're a moderately aggressive investor, all your money should be invested in this certain way. I don't think that's true. I think the money you're gonna use sooner, let's say in the next 10 years, has its own time horizon and therefore its own risk tolerance level. But the money you're not gonna use for 10 years or more, that also has its own time horizon and should also carry its own risk tolerance level. So keep that in mind when you're structuring the portfolio. Now. Again, even within that, you want to avoid investment extremes. So just because it's sooner, use sooner rather than later. If it's sooner money and you want it to be more conservative, that doesn't necessarily mean all in the market or all out of the market. There still can be the right type of blend of asset classes and the right type of blend of risk in any type of time horizon. So foundational piece of investments, number one, understand your risk level. Number two, tie it to the time horizon. That is so important. You wanna segregate the money that you think you're going to be using sooner rather than later and have that invested in such a way that aligns with the time horizon of within the next 10 years that you're gonna use that. You wanna segregate the money that you're not planning to use for a while and have that risk tolerance level be aligned with that time horizon, which is probably gonna have a little bit more growth orientation in it. So that's number one. Number two is understanding your asset classes. Like I said, asset classes are these segments of the market, and there there is a method to the madness about what percentage of your money should be in these different asset classes, especially if it's longer term money. Now, this method of madness goes all the way back to something called modern portfolio theory. And I don't wanna bore people with all the dirty details about modern portfolio theory, but basically it says this, if you're willing to take this much risk, there's a certain way to set up the money to try to achieve the maximum potential earnings or gains on it. So if there's a potential way to set it up to earn the maximum potential gains for any given level of risk, why wouldn't we wanna pay attention to that? (laughs) This is scientific theory. And it came out more than, I think, 60 years ago, and it hasn't been debunked since. So this is something that we know works. Modern portfolio theory is the foundation of how we in our office figure out what percentage of money should go into different asset classes depending on your risk and your time horizon. Now, what we do beyond that is we look at the current landscape. We look at the current economic landscape. We look at where we are in our economic cycle to say, okay, modern portfolio theory suggests this, but is there something happening in our economy right now that would suggest slight deviations? So for instance, we know that if interest rates go up, then long-term bonds tend to fall in value because bonds kind of sit like on a seesaw with each other. Long-term bonds are on one end of the seesaw and interest rates are on the other end of the seesaw. So if one side of your seesaw starts to tilt, the other side goes up or down correspondingly. So modern portfolio theory would suggest maybe we want a certain percentage of money in long-term bonds, but if we were going to be in a rising interest rate period, 
we would know hmm, we don't really want that because we think that for sure would lose money if interest rates continue to rise. So you have to pay attention to current economic issues and overlay them on top of modern portfolio theory. Now, I realize that I just kind of geeked out on some financial stuff there, and some of you may be rolling your eyes saying, good Lord, I don't, you just lost me. Like all this modern portfolio theory, economic stuff, da da da, you just lost me. Here's the thing you don't have to figure this out on yourself. That's what financial advisors are for. We can help you figure out what are your goals? What are your objectives? What do you want this money to do for you in your life? And then we can be able to help you determine well, this money is likely to be spent sooner rather than later. The sooner money should have this kind of risk tolerance level based on how you feel about it. The later money might have a different type of risk tolerance level. And for each of those different buckets of money, we can help you figure out the right asset classes and percentages to split them up in between. And doing it that way really helps you avoid all these crazy investment extremes that float around out there. It helps you avoid getting suckered in to that sales pitch email or that sales pitch commercial that you might hear that says, if you just do this one thing, you're going to get rich quick. Or if you just know this secret strategy, you're going to avoid losing all your money in the next market crash. (laughs) You want to avoid those kind of investing, investing extreme thinking. Okay, so if you would like to figure out how to realign your portfolio, if you'd like to understand how to set up your money that's going to be used sooner rather than later and later rather than sooner, and figure out how to set up your asset classes in the best possible way for you, custom design for you, then call our office, talk to one of our advisors, and let us help you through that process. I hope this has been valuable to help you avoid investing extremes. And thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can ensure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Insurance offered through Stirk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated. Neither Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated nor its representatives provide tax or legal advice. You should consult a qualified attorney or tax professional to answer your specific questions. Stirk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dune, South Dakota, 57049 and can be reached at 605-217-3555. Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors list includes 10 recipients per state. The award is based on qualitative and quantitative data, rating thousands of wealth advisors with a minimum of seven years of experience and weighing factors like revenue trends, assets under management, compliance records, industry experience, and best practices. The award is not based on portfolio performance or client reviews. There is no fee in exchange for rankings. 
Third-party rankings and recognitions are no guarantee of future investment success and do not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a higher level of performance or results. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client nor are they representative of any one client's evaluation.